Hey, thanks for joining right here on All Business. And we're going to be talking SmackDown. That's right, SmackDown, because I've got Dylan Bostic. He is a professional wrestler. And we're going to be talking about some SmackDown and getting your head in the game. And it was a great interview. So hang in there for a second. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Dylan in a second. But I want to talk about getting yourself in shape. Because, man, if you're going to be a wrestler, you got to be in shape. And it's time we start investing our most valuable asset ourselves. And I want to talk about Elytra Health. So visit ElytraHealth.com. Schedule your appointment today. They will take you through through an entire, I mean, regimen of all kinds of tests, a battery of tests, things that would take you days, weeks to get. You get all in one day in a spa-like atmosphere. They take care of it. It's downtown, right downtown near the big, big Freedom Tower right there in, in the financial district of New York. And I'm telling you, these guys take care of you. Elytra, E-L-I-T-R-A, health.com. Man, I can't say enough. You got to go do this. And so speaking about getting healthy and about being in shape, oh my gosh, I want to talk about Dylan Bostic. Now, this guy is a up-and-coming star, big star. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people follow him on social media. And he's just, he's a he's a super star. Now, he wrestled with the championship wrestling from Hollywood. He's been in a number of different, what we'd call syndicates. So you'll hear that in the interview. So we talk about the business of wrestling and there's a lot to be learned. So, I mean, look, you got a serious business. You want to listen to how these guys do it and the way in which they do it. So you, this guy has been famous because he pinned this Dickie Mayer of the Pac-3 and so much so it was such a big thing that the coach Flexo appeared to recruit Bostic right there on the spot. So you talk about, you know, shows. This is a good one. And this episode is sponsored by Liberty Tax and Institute and Elytra Health. And so join me right now as I talk to Dylan Bostic. From Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, my first question is, how the heck did you get into this wrestling thing? Did you start in high school or what did you do? Well, it's a funny story. So my mom met some wrestlers that were handing out flyers and stuff. And she took me when I was eight years old. And I was already like a complete wrestling addict. And um, I started going to these local indie shows. And next thing I know, they they start letting me, you know, hang out and set up the ring and tear down after the show and just helping out because, you know, that was amazing to me at that time because I was only like eight, nine years old. Then at the age of 12, I started training. Yeah. So I trained for three years. And then at the age of 15, I got my first live professional wrestling match. So did you even do it in high school or any 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 of the school sports? Because a lot of guys either, you know, were football players or they were actually real wrestlers. Right. I mean, when I and I'm not saying this isn't real wrestling, Dylan, don't get don't don't get pissed at me, man, because I don't need you jumping over the ring at me right now. Although maybe I think maybe, you know, I'm six foot three, about 270 pounds. I'm up there. So we we could go at it. But, you know, I mean, that's up to you. Wait, how much money's on the line, though? You hey, know, I'm all about money. So, hey, hey dude, me too. Because if I'm going to take some pain, I'm going to get paid for it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's actually interesting. So, even though pro wrestling is sports entertainment, being a professional wrestler and getting paid at 15 years old, I lost my amateur eligibility. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I did play basketball throughout high school, but since that was a different sport, they let it fly, which I was under investigation for a few months. My senior year, they were acting like they weren't going to let me play anymore. But yeah, for wrestling, 
I couldn't wrestle if I wanted to, which I only went to one school for a year that even had a wrestling team. So Mm -hmm. the two schools that I went to and the one that I graduated from, we were so small that we couldn't even have a wrestling team. Was this high school or college? High school. This is back in high school. Where were you living at the time? What state? Indiana. Yeah, I'm from Indiana. Indiana. Okay. Yeah. Yep, I'm a Hoosier. <laughs> yeah, well, in the you got to be playing basketball. I mean, exactly. That's, that's, We're all exactly. about basketball. <laughs> exactly. It's a, it's, it's a rite of passage. Everybody's, you know, who was your favorite basketball player? Just to ask. Of all time would definitely yeah. be Michael Jordan. Yeah. When I was in high school, though, Kobe was at his peak. So I really yeah. was a Kobe fan. The Pacers weren't doing so well while I was in high school. So I was a Kobe fan, but. But Bird wasn't up there, huh? That was kind of like before your time. Well before yeah. your time. That was too much before my time, but I met Larry Bird once, which was really cool. I am a Larry Bird fan now, now that I can watch back and appreciate his legacy. But he's a nice guy. He's an unbelievable guy to have. You know what? What a, he's a, he was a class. He's still a class act. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. He's just one. He, you know, he reminds me a lot. I'm a friend of Mark Eaton, who's seven foot four. Mark's got a brand new book out. It's a good friend of mine. You know, you go horseback riding with Mark. I'm on a regular horse, which is like seven, 16, 17 hands high. Cause I'm a big guy. Mark's yeah. makes me look like a tiny and he rides a Clydesdale. So it, yeah. when you, when you take a picture of him on the, on the Clydesdale and me next to him in a regular horse, it looks like I'm on a pony. I mean, yeah, it's, I was say. <laughs> it's, just, it's crazy. So when was your really your first time you realized, hey, I'm after 15, I'm, I'm all done with school. When was the time you realized this is the business? Was it way back then you realized it was the business? And I mean, obviously getting paid for your per- first professional match. And I got to imagine you're going to your mom for the first time and saying, mom, I'm going to wear this outfit and I'm going to go in that ring and I'm going to beat the shit out of somebody. And they're going to beat the shit out of me and I'm going to get paid for it. And she, and she was OK with that. First, first of all, was she OK with that? Well, I had a heart surgery when I was 10 years old. So she wasn't okay with it at first because she was worried about me and she was worried about what could happen. And, you know, she didn't know if that was the best idea for me. But once she saw that I was, you know, was coming along and I was super athletic and I was, you know what I mean, more athletic than the majority of any of the athletes that I was going against, she was definitely okay with it. And then I got my clearance for my doctor and all that good stuff. So, so she was okay with it. But, but yeah, I mean, Back then, it was really hard. Like, you know, my dream was the WWE. It was like, man, I really want to make it to the WWE. But that's the big leagues. I mean, that's the big leagues, right? I mean, that's really it. Yes. Yeah. So, like, there's tons of big companies to work for, but that's the number one. That's the one that you're going to make the most money and, you know, get the most fame from. But at that time, you know, I was thinking, oh, I'm from Shelbyville, Indiana. I have all these people telling me that I'm going to make it, but I'm from a small town. You know, I don't know how likely that's going to be to happen. But I was lucky enough that at the age of 20 years old that I I wrestled on Friday Night SmackDown for WWE. So as soon as I got that first taste of WWE, now it's like, it's, that's, that's it. Is it addictive for you? And it's got to be a little bit addictive, right? Is it the competition piece of it or is it the show? You know, I don't know what it is (laughs) because it's, it's really addictive. Yeah. This is all I want to do. This is all I've ever wanted to do. And the more I do it, the more I want to do it. And I don't know if it's the competition, me being one of the best where I am. Like, I don't know if it's like an ego thing or if it's just like, because it's a lot of fun too. Like I, I get a lot of fun, you know, performing. I have a lot of fun, you know, talking to the fans, doing interviews, doing promos. Like that's, that's fun to me. I love entertaining. Yeah. So I think it's just the whole aspect of, of being a pro wrestler. So, all right. So I'm going to ask you some questions and don't get pissed. I just want to know. Because I remember back in the 70s, okay, when I was like 10, 12 years old, I was a huge wrestling fan. 
Now, this is the time when Ted Turner was during Turner Broadcasting, was really kicking off his, his, his network. And so he was big into wrestling on Friday and Saturday nights. And of course, they I grew up in Georgia. So that's where they did a lot of wrestling. Was And then they had wrestling number one, wrestling number two. Yeah, we had, you know, they were, boy, talk about it, inventive names, you know. And then my favorite wrestler was a, a guy named Apollo. And these were the guys that I, and I'd go watch these. And I, I remember getting their autographs. I mean, it was a big thing back then. So, but, you know, a lot of that stuff was staged. Is, is it staged today? I mean, do you know who's going to win the match ahead of time? Well, it's just like anything with sports. So, like, right now, I mean, even the UFC, you know, you got the deal with Conor McGregor. Mm -hmm. Now, tell me that, that that he just did that on his own or, you know, there was no influence to sell tickets. Mm -hmm. That's a lie. Mm -hmm. That was influence to sell what, tickets. What, what are you referring as that? So, whenever you're, you know, you know you're a, a television star, you got to get people talking about yeah. you. Conor McGregor had his big fight with, with Mayweather. He hasn't uh -huh, defended yeah. his title, and then they were going back and forth on Twitter. They're doing it to set up a big fight with him and that the yeah. other guy that just won the belt. Yeah. I can't remember his name, the Russian guy. He might have not have been told by the UFC, hey, go throw a dolly through a window of a bus and hurt a bunch of fighters. I'm sure he wasn't told that. But he was definitely told that he needed to do something to get people talking, and that's what he did. So now his next fight with that guy for the title is going to be one of the biggest fights in UFC history. Mm -hmm. That's just how pro wrestling is as well. You know, the thing with Ronda Rousey, she came in and she, you know, they talked about how she's washed up and, you know, she got knocked out and they, you know, made fun of her for her fights. But that was just to get people fired up to see Ronda Rousey kick some ass. Mm -hmm. That's just how, that's how sports entertainment is. It's the same when basketball. You know, a little bit of the smack talk goes a long way. Exactly. Yeah. It's all about selling the fight. Oh, let me take a quick break. And then I want to because uh, I do want to talk about some styling stuff here. And then then I want to come back and talk to you a little bit about more about the addiction of fame, so to speak. Because I want to talk about that because I think that's important. And then talk about building up your brand, because I, it's interesting to watch the brand that you've built around yourself, too, because that's a pretty cool thing. So I, first of all, I, wanna, I just want to step away for a second and talk about style for a moment. I always like to talk about style because I'm looking for. I'm looking great, and I owe it all to the folks at Institu. I'm wearing one of their shirts right now. I'm always wearing one of their shirts because I just love it. They custom-made clothes. Because a guy like, you know, Dylan here and a, and a guy like me, we can't wear stuff off the rack. That's what I meant. We can only wear custom stuff. We want custom stuff because, one, we look better in it. And, two, everybody should have custom stuff because you can't because they've got tailored suits starting at 499 shirts at 89 bucks. And I'm talking about Institu. Institu. So don't forget, use the, secure, uh, use the code C-Suite, C sweet s-u-i-t-e n-y and you receive two free shirts when you spend 499 bucks so you get some free shirts custom-made shirts custom-made jackets in fact a lot of guys this is really cool i'm hearing about a lot of young guys who are writing into me saying jeff hey i went to institute and we're getting all tuxes made for my wedding so they're making custom-made tuxes for the entire wedding or a custom-made suit. And I think that's uh, that's some throwback man i like that like to hear that so uh, you got to get some custom-made stuff right dylan Oh, I already have a couple custom-made yeah. suits, but I'll definitely have to and check them awesome. out. awesome. <laughs> I mean, you just go online, you give them your measurements, yeah. and they come back. They got a perfect guarantee. I order everything online now, even though they got a showroom right here in New York City. I just do that. It's really cool. So let's go back, uh, talk about this addiction. I, I say it's an addiction because you seem like an adrenaline junkie. You, I just can sense that, right? So is it just, I mean, it's got to be something else to stand up in that ring and, and put on the performance. I mean, you, how do you psych yourself up for that? You know, it's weird. So like a lot of people get nervous or like excited, but like right before I go out, I get really calm. 
I try to relax. And then when I get out there, like I'm just, I don't know, uh, gear, like a gear changes, like a light. Hit the switch. Know, a light switch yeah. flips over. I just hit the switch and I just turn into another person, but not the same person. It's me still. But I don't, I don't know. It's just something about it, something about performing. Cause you, whenever you're out there, you can basically do whatever you want to do in the moment. I mean, obviously you can't do certain well, things. Well, you could. But, you, there's a consequence. Uh, <laughs> there's a consequence to it, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, you know, it's just it's just a whole nother feeling yeah. in life. Something that I, I just can't even explain to someone. It's something that you would have to do to understand, but it's just, performing is just amazing. Do you feel you're doing what you were meant to be doing? 100%. Yeah. Totally believe that. Yeah. I, I just can completely believe that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, I don't know. It's just something about it. The first time I saw it, I was like, that's what I'm supposed to do. If you, if like, if I couldn't be doing what I was doing right now, I'd actually just be back on my ranch and I'd be farming or doing something like that. But, or what I really like to do is like, I would be a hunting guide all the time. I I really, truly do that. I would run a hunting lodge and be, you know, a great host and go hunting every freaking day that I would do. So what would you do if you couldn't do what you're doing right now? Oh man, I don't even want to think about that. That's just that's heartbreaking to me. <laughs> yeah, but wait. So, how old are you now? I'm 26. Okay, so you're not going to be doing this when you're 46, probably, unless well, maybe unless you're Hulk Hogan or something. But the, you know what I mean by that? You you become bigger than life, right? And that Hulk was one of those guys. Yeah, exactly. Some of the others, I think he did it in his 40s. He had to be maybe in his 50s. I don't know. He still is he still doing it? I don't know. He's probably got to be close to 60 now. I don't know. Well, all those guys. Uh, getting pissed at me if I see him. He's going to say, hey, what the hell? I'm only 49 or something. Yeah, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how old he is. But I mean, those guys, even whenever they're not performing anymore, they're still doing shows. So they're still like making appearances, yeah. signing out. You know what I mean? So yeah. like they're still in wrestling or around wrestling. Yeah. So I mean, so I would you're, hope you're that. In I would that. Yeah, exactly. I'd, I'd hope that I would get to do the same thing whenever I'm done. But that's obviously you got to make a big name for yourself to continue well, like you're that. on the right track i mean look you got a five hundred thousand followers on twitter i saw that you got you got the you're building up the brand uh, young guy you're personable you know and you know a brand is and by the way for those listening a brand's nothing but a promise delivered and so you you're delivering on that promise you're saying this is who i am this is what i live and you eat and drink it and sleep it and then that's what you're delivering on so you know hats off to you because you know talk to a lot of guys that are in this business and i'm in the show business so to speak and you know on the media side you know and i see a lot of fakes out there you see a lot of people are just that's bullshit they're just you know punching the time clock and it, yeah. you, but i can tell from just your voice and, and then you know seeing what you're doing like i just listen to your new show mu- your intro music it's freaking awesome good job you know, <laughs> but you. it's it's reflective of who you are which is really cool so let me ask a question about because you you kind of talked about it, the syndicates are they called syndicates or i'm going to talk about the business the business of wrestling so there's like you were with the Holly, this hollywood group and now you're with this ohio group and and then you, you we mentioned wwe are there various i don't know i call them syndicates or what are they called so they're just called wrestling promotions so yeah. each event that i do is usually for a completely different company or promotion, whichever you want to call them. But yeah, I've, I've bounced around a lot. So since I graduated high school, I moved to Tampa, Florida, then from Tampa, Florida, to Louisville, Kentucky, from Louisville, Kentucky to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh to Detroit, Detroit back to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh to LA. I spent a year in LA. So I mean, I've been, I've been all over. Mm-hmm. And my time out in LA, I regularly worked for a championship wrestling from Hollywood, which we ended up getting on the CW network. But like, 
it's always a different company. Mm-hmm. So like Friday, this Friday, I'll be in Pendleton, Indiana, and it's for a company called White River Wrestling. Then Saturday, I'll be in Reading, PA, and it's for a company called Atomic Wrestling. Then Sunday, I have an iPay-Per-View in Cleveland, Ohio for Welterweight Wrestling. So there are three different companies, but all in one weekend in all different areas. Whoa. So how many of these companies are there out there, these promotional companies? Oh, there's probably thousands really? at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, there's guys doing it in, like, my my hometown, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and they have wrestling every so often. So, But these are – and I know some of the guys that actually go out and do it, but I, and I'm like, they're not at your level by any way, shape, or you know, form. But I guess they're famous in their own town, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. There's there's all levels, all different kinds. I mean, in Pittsburgh, there's, like, five different companies, and it's just, it's crazy how many how many companies there are. So when you're going like okay, you got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're doing like that. I'm just curious how you're getting around. Are you driving from each one of these? So sometimes it's flying, sometimes it's driving. Unfortunately, this weekend, so it's it, I mean, you just heard yeah. how rough that schedule is, and it's all driving. Yeah. So yeah. By Sunday, I'm gonna be tired. Yeah. You'll just <laughs> crash after the event, right? I mean, you'll just like, or are you gonna drive? Home? Are exactly. you gonna, how far away from home will you be? Yeah, I'm just curious. That's only a it's only about two oh, hours, so I'll probably drive home. Yeah, yeah. But but it, but no, you've got to you've got to do that. You got to when you're hot, you got to take advantage of it, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. I need to be making all these towns, and and that's the only way I make money. So like, I have five sources of income, and two of which are you know merchandise and my wrestling yeah. pay. So if I want to sell merchandise, I need to be on all these different right. areas. You got to, you got to get, you got to get the eyeballs and ears to look at you. And then hopefully you'll develop people who follow you with hearts, hearts and hearts and minds. Right. I mean, that's the raving fans, exactly. you know, build that tribe, build that communities. That's what we do for everything that we do, whether you're running a, you know, a consumer brand or in this case, a personal brand, which is what you're doing. I'm just curious. So you said five. So name the five. Let's talk about the five. I like to talk about the business of the business because to me, this is intriguing. So you're making it from appearances, right? The wrestling itself. That's what you call your appearance yeah, yeah. fees, right? Or what do, what do you call that income? I Like when I do a keynote, it's called a keynote, right? So I get paid for speeches, right? Yeah. So I do the appearances, mm-hmm. merchandise. Mm-hmm. I make money off of social media. So there's yep. three. I train people at a oh, gym for yeah, pro wrestling. Sure. And then like photo shoots, just other random things, but it's like uh, celebrity stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Very exactly. cool. So, and then, so how do you like, so let's talk about the merchandise stuff. Are you, are you, are you schlepping a couple bags of t-shirts and stuff to the event and then selling them out of the back of the deal? What are you doing? So I have a, my online store, prowrestlingtees.com. They deal with all my t-shirt sales, but then I, you know, I, I sign pictures and sign t-shirts at the show, which it costs to do anything, sign anything, take a picture with you. And then I also have a lot of eight by tens that I sign and sell as well at the That's events. crazy. That's awesome. And then like the training stuff, are you putting together? So a lot of people in the, in the thought business, so I, I call them thought business, like uh, authors, speakers, consultants, trainers, you know, the tone, it was say for everything from Tony Robbins down to a, a guy that's just getting started. They are, some of them start to develop their own what I call masterminds, where they have a group of people that they gather and they charge a higher fee and they get together on a regular basis. Are you starting to look at that model too? I'm always looking for things to do differently, trying to you know use my knowledge that I've received over 11 years in wrestling and and try to pass that down to other people, but also make money off yeah. of doing that. So I'm always trying to look for what's going to make me more money or get me to the next level or just anything all yeah. around better. So do you have a plan in place to kind of move you to that tier of the WWE? Yeah. So I just 
I just had a tryout at the Performance Center uh, for the WWE in February, which couldn't have went any better than it did. I, you know, busted my ass and worked really hard. All right. So what do you have to do? What do you say? You bust your ass. Was you did the tryout? Was it at a live performance? So you were like really on stage, or or you had to go in there and kind of like in like and I'm kind of curious. Was like Vince sitting in the front row, or what was the deal? No, it's it's similar to like the NFL Combine. So it's just you go in. You do your drills, you know, they, they push you, push you, push you. But I had a buddy of mine that did the WWE tryout a couple of years ago, and he's he's a football player. He played in college, and uh, I don't know if he played in the NFL or not, but he said that uh, the WWE tryout was 10 times harder than any NFL tryout that he's ever really? been to. Why? So, Why? Just the, the physical side of it? Yeah, the physical side of it, you know, you train for eight hours a day and they and they want to break you because they want to see who wants it and who doesn't or who prepared themselves and who didn't, which me being in there, I felt like I had a really big target on my back just, you know, based off of uh, my experience and how long I've been around and like uh, my name value. Yeah, it went really good. But it's just like anything, you know, the NBA, like whenever they're like a team's holding a tryout and they're looking for a backup center, if you're a really good point guard. And you do really, really good in the tryout doesn't mean they're going to sign you because they're looking for right. a backup center. So with me, it's, it, you know, it's a waiting game and it's also about timing and just to keep working. So I, I basically have to stay ready at this point. So if they do ever give me a call and I show up, they're what they looked at and they're mm-hmm. what they're wanting. Yeah, it's just like the time I got my gig at Bloomberg. One of the things I got to pay their attention was I added up all my social media and I added up their top 10 people and mine was bigger than the top, all their 10 biggest talents. And I said, hey, you guys willing to talk? And that's how I got their attention. So again, build it up, right? That was good. <laughs> what, so what do you think fans look for in wrestlers? You know, I think it depends on the on the fan because there's certain styles of wrestling. You know that you got the high flyers, you got the big characters, you have the big guys, the nasty guys. You have the yeah, you have the the, the villains. You always have the yeah. villain. You have to have a villain. Yeah, you have the villains. You have you know Japanese style, European style, American style. You know, so I think it just depends. So I kind of target I kind of target both because I like the you know. I have a lot of athleticism and in-ring ability, but I also have a big character and I always try to have a big personality because I feel like that's always been at least what's drawn Mm -hmm. the most money. You know, I think that people get into the characters more than anything because, you know, wrestling is is wrestling, but, you know, it's what you can, it's it's back to selling the fight. You know, if you have a big character and you can sell a fight, that's what Mm -hmm. people are going to get into. And with this spectacle, the drama, there's got to be some kind of setup, right? In the whole thing, like you're following a prescription or a formula. I mean, it just depends on Mm -hmm. on what your character is and and who you are, because you got to protect yourself. So if somebody tells me, hey, we need you to do this, and that's not what Dylan Bostic would do. Yeah, so it's it's off brand. So you don't want to be off brand, right? Yeah, so it's it's all about protecting your own brand, protecting your own business. And so with that being said, you know, they're you know, they tell you, you know, kind of what they want, but it's all about what you're mm-hmm. feeling and what you want to mm-hmm. do. So what do you think is the biggest lesson that you've learned so far? I mean, you're only 26 years old, so I'm not, you know, don't don't get mad at me for saying it like that, but you know, cuz I'm I'm twice <laughs> your age. So but what what you know, what's the biggest lesson that you learned? You know, I the biggest lesson that mm-hmm. I've learned is mindset. You know, the energy that you put out is the energy you're going to receive. I fell off a couple of years ago and started getting down in the dumps about my career and, and felt like I was stuck and kind of got depressed. And that's what I got in return. I didn't get, 
I didn't get what I set out to get. I got, you know, setbacks and, and it just felt more and more frustrating. And then as soon as I started having a positive mindset, positive energy and working hard again, and then refocusing and kind of reevaluating my life, that's when boom, WWE tryout, boom, in the Shikara tournament. So like two good things happened after that. Create that energy for yourself. Yeah. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Speak, man. You know, but it's a lot of truth to that. I mean, but by the way, you know, let's imagine you were like 24 years old. For God's sakes, you know, your life's not over. God, you know, I made my first million, I think, when I was 26, right? And then, you know, you know, went on to a bigger, bigger, bigger career. But, you know, my life wasn't over then. I'm Hell, everybody asks me all the time, what's the biggest thing you've ever done? I said, I don't know. I haven't done it yet, right? <laughs> but that's a great way of that's looking at it. Awesome. Or what's your biggest mistake? And I said, I don't know. I haven't done it yet. Trust me. I got a lot more mistakes in my career, you know, in, in, in life. So I think that's the biggest thing. How do, how do you get, how do you, you know, we only got a couple minutes left, but I want to ask you, you said you changed that mindset. So how do you change your own mindset? How did you do that? You know, I had a couple friends getting on me about my mindset and, and the way I was getting depressed and stuff. And kind of them getting on me, you know, helped me a little bit because it was like, man, you know what? I did have a positive mindset when great things were happening for me. And now I have this negative energy and this mm-hmm. is why all this bad stuff's happening in my career. Things aren't happening. And then there's a guy I follow, mm-hmm. uh, RG3. He always posts like the most positive things. And he's had a lot of adversity in his football career, a lot of injuries, a lot of setbacks. And to see a guy so positive still, it was inspiring. So I try to do the same thing and and it worked. And now he's back in the NFL. So I think that it just goes to show the positive energy and the, and, and the way you carry yourself. I think that's that's what you're going to get back in return. It's a, it's a mental game. It's a mental game. Always is. And, I, you know, there are days even in my business and I we're doing well, but there are days when I go, I get depressed about it. I get down about it and you just got to say, buck up, buttercup. Let's go get get your shit together. So who was who was that friend that did it like hit you upside your head? Just say, hey, Dylan, get get, the, you know, get the hell out of your you know head out of your ass. As it was like that kind of conversation. Kind of. He just kept talking yeah. about. And it wasn't really him on my ass as much. It was him talking about, oh, I had this positive energy when I went into this audition thing and, and I got picked on Prices Right. And I just knew, you know what? I'm going to win. And then the dude won a car and $10,000 on Prices Right. So, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I was like, okay. And then he, like, I just kept talking about negative stuff and he just kept saying, dude, you got to have positive energy like I had. You got to have a positive mindset. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then, so I just kind of took that as uh, advice and, and ran with it and it worked out. So. Do you surround yourself with people like that too? Yeah, I do. I try to always yeah. surround myself with positive people. You know, you mentioned your mother. Is she still pretty close in your life? Oh yeah. Yep. My mom and I are real close. She was at my show on Friday actually. So I got to see her a little bit, which was awesome. Can I ask you about your dad? Yeah, of course. Yeah. My dad and I are real close. He was there Friday too. But you seem to be closer to your mom than your dad? Uh, I would say about the same. Really? Okay, cool. I just curious. I picked up on that, and it was it's uh, you know guys are always talking about their moms, right? Moms have a special bond, I think, and it's a different deal. You know, they moms always want to take care of you. Dad, dad's a little bit more hands off. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, Dylan, it's been a pleasure, my friend. I'm looking forward. I'm going to come watch you in a match, okay? Yeah, definitely. You have to. I'd love to do that. I'm going to catch you in New York. I got to catch you in New York, or I'm going to call Vince and say, Vince, you got to get this kid. You got to get this guy. Yeah, yeah. Do that for me. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I do that. I know the chief marketing officer over there. I know the chief revenue officer over there. And of course, met Vince uh, back through the Celebrity Apprentice days. That's awesome. So, yeah, I got to do Maybe I'll, I'll make a call. What the heck? That's what friends are for, man. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right, my friend. Well, it's been a pleasure having you right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett right here on C-Suite Radio. Thank you. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. Hey, that was a fantastic show. And if you're a freelance worker and unsure about how your income is taxed, look no further than the professionals at Liberty Tax Service. They are our good friends. They have over 4,000 offices in the U.S. and Canada and thousands of professionals ready to help. I love these guys. Visit LibertyTax.com. You know, make sure you, if you earn it, you better protect it, right? That's right. And then at the end of every interview, I like to talk about what I learned. And what I learned today is about getting your head in the game, man. Surrounding yourself with positive people. You know, we hear this all the time. And you know what? I just want to remind you, again, listen to what this guy was doing. He was, you know, 24 down in the dumps thinking he was over. And then one of his friends said, hey, get positive, get surround yourself a little bit more positive attitude and energy. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. And he is turning it around and almost immediately he's making positive energy and then positive things start to happen. That's the way it goes in life. And you know what? Even if it doesn't, isn't it a lot better? and sitting around being a pain in the ass and depressed about it? My gosh. So, you know, whatever you got to do, start doing it now and make it happen because it's it's your life. And so I want you to make sure that you're making the best out of it. So that's my advice right here. That's what I learned today right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on C-Suite Radio. And don't forget to tell your friends. They're sending a little positive energy. I appreciate that. Thanks so much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.